Well, we got another fun one lined up for you here on the Moments in History podcast. That's Val Cook. I'm Colin Holt. And Val, I've been thinking a lot about this lately uh, because you've got a wealth of knowledge about Western history, the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, it, we've it's really, a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And we've really tapped into it, you know, on these on these Moments in History podcasts. And if you've missed some, you're more than welcome to go back. You don't have to listen to them in order or anything. Uh, but what I've been thinking about over the last week is, where in the world do you get all this information? You know, I would guess probably, well, I've read a lot of history books, of course. Um, and then I read books like uh, Louis L'Amour, and I've read a lot of those type books, Bill Johnston. Uh, but I, I, you have to understand the fiction and separate it from the reality. So a lot, I think... I'm taking my knowledge, probably 80 to 90% of it comes from actual newspaper articles that were written in that time frame or from actual diaries of people that wrote their diaries from that time frame that lived the experience and actually wrote about it on a daily basis as they were experiencing uh, what it is that we talk about. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that would kind of be the most up-to-date daily updates or maybe weekly if it was a newspaper you know, mm -hmm. out of all those sources of information, right? It was. A lot of newspapers uh, sprang up and died very, very fast, they, especially as you're following the uh, railroad across the continental United States. They were building the railroad. Well, there was always a newspaper at the end of the tracks, and it would be in a town for maybe six, eight weeks, and then it had moved to the front of the tracks. And it would be there for six or eight weeks while the tra railroad built the tracks on further to the west, and then the newspaper would move out to the front of the tracks. So um, you get news from all over. You're not only getting news from the front lines of the track building, but you're getting news of some of the stuff that goes on behind as the population follows the building of the railroad across the United States. Yeah, and there was feels like they were so integral in Western history, too, because a lot of the newspapers in the bigger population center would be getting their information from newspapers that were on the Western frontier, right? Uh, not only that, but vice versa. People on the Western frontier absolutely were dying for news from back east. You know, hey, what are, what's happening to my old friends back in, in New York? Well, here's something just like that. This comes out of a newspaper from Central Wyoming, the Central Wyoming News on February of 1898 and it's an article taken from a new york newspaper and reprinted it says a new york landlady finding two of her tenants undesirable asking them to leave this they refused to do and as she found dispossessed proceedings too expensive in the past she took three pans of sulfur which she set on fire in the room beneath the tenants. In less than an hour, the two borders have gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah, that, that's, that's to your point. You know, if you're on the Western frontier, there's no apartments and tenants and all that stuff. So it's probably yeah. refreshing to hear about those things. Exactly. The, the yeah. life of the city that you probably miss a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. as much as you're uh, seeking a new adventure, you probably miss that a little bit. So you're right. You know, that would have been another way that news, the newspapers served the people in their area was uh, mm -hmm. providing that connection back to the population center. And, uh, you know, I think it's so fascinating. I think another fascinating part about the uh, newspapers and especially those uh, in the Wild West is uh – they weren't real big staffs, first of all. You know, Normally really small just groups one of person. People, Normally one not person. Not just one, yeah. right? Um, and so they 
you know, not necessarily biased, but everybody had their own perspective on things. And mm -hmm. so if you got a one-person newspaper, uh, you're reading things through their perspective, too, which is uh, also interesting, but also requires a little extra work to uh, make sure you balance that against the other uh, accounts of what was going on. And that's why it's uh, go nice to go out and read the diaries and read the other uh, collaborating um, timelines to see how much... What is said in the newspapers is a biased opinion, and what actually happened on the ground was different. And a lot of newspapers uh, sensationalize their stories just to, well, the dime novels. All they were was a giant sensationalization of the outlaws in the West. And they sold wildly back on the East Coast. They, they were so popular. That's why Jesse James wrote his own his own um, newspaper articles. Right. So he could sensationalize himself enough to get put in those dime novels. Absolutely. And, and uh, we talked about that before, but again, that's another one where you're reading his account through his eyes, you know, right, so you have to yeah. go and look for yeah. maybe some other accounts of what happened, try to weigh that. But uh, and, you it's know, just so I, fascinating to me. I have to talk about the editors and, uh, the, and publishers of these newspapers all across the West. They knew, hey, I am a one-man show. All I can gather is so much news in a week. All, all I can do is set so much uh, um, print type or type print or whatever it was, you know, they said it letter by letter by letter by hand, and then they'd run it like an old-fashioned mimeograph machine. And that was a newspaper, you know, one or two pages. And they had the foresight to realize and get hold of the editors and publishers of newspapers in cities all over the West, and they would send copies of their newspaper to 50 or 60 other newspapers. And 50 or 60 other newspapers would, and vice versa, send them their copies of their individual newspapers. And so all of this knowledge from all over the West and even the East Coast, because the editors realized that sharing what they had um, would help everybody out. And so you get, well, like I said, Central Wyoming News back in 1898 could tell us a story coming out of New York. And thus begins the Associated Press, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the early versions of it. Wow, how cool. And and like you said, you can go and a lot of the museums, a lot of mm -hmm. even the online resources have actual newspaper clippings. Uh, and you can read the words of those who were either there or were collecting information from those who were there. So uh, I think that's one of the coolest parts, too, is that a lot of these newspaper clippings have been preserved. Yeah, it is. And in the state of Wyoming, I, I really want to give the Library Association a pat on the back because in other states, I have not seen any other library association in any other state do what the Wyoming Library Association has. And they have taken old newspapers and literally uh, what scanned them onto the Internet. They have newspapers online. You just go to wyolibrary.com and type in a word, and it will take you to newspapers as far back as 1849. Wow. And they're the actual scan of the actual type print. Uh, it's not something that they have tried to type in their own way. They they literally scan the paper and and put it on the Internet for anybody to go and find. It, it's pretty neat. Wyoming Library Association has... Um, 
has a gigantic high five from me. It just makes me smile to think about the resources that they have right here at my fingertips. Yeah, and how much work that was to put it all oh, together, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, people bringing old, old, crinkled up newspapers out of their attic and and bringing them to the library, and then the library taking those newspapers and scanning them page by page by page onto the Internet for everybody's enjoyment and research. A lot of fun research. Interesting to think about, too, uh, at the time, how important those newspapers would have been just just to the people who were localized Mm -hmm. to where the newspaper was being printed. You know, you can imagine uh, the saloons or the, you know, whatever it might be gathering around once a week or once a month, whenever the newspaper came out uh, and reading all about what was going on. And those that could read, read every word in every week's edition. To those that couldn't, right? The, they would read to those that couldn't uh-huh. sometimes. But, uh, for instance, uh, in a newspaper article from 1915 out of Chugwater, Wyoming, it talked about the census. And it says uh, the 1915 census is complete for Platt County. It has a population of 5,246. Of these, 810 residents reside in Wheatland, 339 in Guernsey, and 105 in Hartville, the only incorporated towns in the county. So that leaves 4,002 in rural districts and unincorporated villages. And it says, of that number, nearly 5% of the county's population can neither read nor write. Now, where would you get information like that? How far would you have to dig to get information about how um, literate or illiterate the population was at a certain time? Right, especially the population of Wyoming being spread out over such a wide area at that time. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, 5,000 people in, in Platte County. Right now, I think it's twelve to 14,000 is what Platte County is. It's, okay. Platte County is just north of Cheyenne on I-25, about 80 miles. Right. So that's where Wheatland is. And right. Wheatland is the county seat for Platte County, just for those who know. How cool. And uh, were there any other newspaper clippings you wanted to share? Oh, there's a lot of fun ones. Um, there's an article on why dogs bark. Um, that's more fun than anything. Uh, let me see if I can find something. Oh, here is one. This comes from 1868, the Frontier Index, and it's talking about Indian warfare on the Western Range. Now, 1868, remember that the um, Continental Transcontinental Railroad was finished in 1872. Right. So 1868, that kind of gives you a time frame of... If you know anything about history of what comes to your mind and the scenes uh, and how things were working well, this article talks about 2,000 Indians marching on Benton, eight men killed inside of Cheyenne, intense excitement, citizens preparing for defense. And then it, it, but 2,000 Indians, I don't think there were 2,000 Indians at the Little Bighorn when Custer was killed. So uh, there's a bit of an exaggeration. In my mind, I'm saying, wait a minute. And then later on in the article, it talks about Red Cloud, who was one of the Indian chiefs at the Little Bighorn. Um, he had 5,000 Indians, and they were marching on Cheyenne, coming down from the north. And uh, everybody was getting ready in the War Department. General, General Sherman, he was telegraphing authorities at different forts and getting them all prepared for it. Uh, Fort Fetterman, Fort D.A. Russell. Uh, all of these names we know from Western history, if we know anything about. But they were all in that article and talking about how they were going to defend about this 5,000 Indians marching on Cheyenne and what they were going to do to 
you know, to live through it. And if you add an extra handful of people or hundred or couple thousand people, then maybe the newspaper will, will sell a little better, right? Yeah, that could be, yeah. So, uh, like I say, you read what is there because it was written exactly the way you're reading it. I love the old newspapers. But then you have to go out and you have to read diaries and you have to read other historical factual books and read stuff that other history, history re historical researchers have gathered together because by that time you can piece this piece of information with that piece of information and what this person that wrote in their diary said at that point in time and kind of bring the the real story to life in your own mind right and then it, it also feels like once you have that base of knowledge of what really happened in these real places and real people uh then you can enjoy the john wayne movies the gun smokes the louis lamore novels a lot uh, with more. that as a context yes, yes. One thing I love about Louis L'Amour is he said, if I write about a place, that place actually actually exists. I have, he says, I have been there and seen it. And because I saw it, I thought of this book or this part of this book. And, and so the rest of his stuff is fiction. You know, his, his characters are fiction. But uh, if he wrote about a gunfight in a valley uh, somewhere up in the hills of the White Mountains of Arizona, he's actually been in that valley in the White Mountains of Arizona. I found that very fascinating. And then... And you take with that the stuff you read out of the old newspapers and the stuff that you read from Pioneer Diaries, and you learn more about that valley and how it became populated and uh, what people saw to make them want to move there in the first place. How cool, man. It really is uh, fascinating, not only to be able to hear these stories, uh, but also to be able to hear about where you get these stories and how people could do their own research, too, uh, if they want to learn more, because there's so much we probably couldn't even cover it, even if we wanted to, just because of how much information is out there and how fascinating it all is. You know, one more thing, uh, politics. You go to these old newspapers and politics today is exactly like it was 120 years ago, folks. <laughs> I'm talking exactly. It's uh, um, 1906. This is coming off the top of my head, but the newspaper was approximately a 1906 newspaper. And the joke said, I do not like political jokes because far too many of them are elected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And, and not much has changed, right? No, no, no. You still hear the same things. Um, oh, and the wording too. I, I love the English language because the language, while it's English, they use different words to mean different things from way back then. And it's fun to, to realize the evolution of our language just in the last hundred years. Yeah. They didn't speak like we speak. Right, and in the same language. Yeah. It sounds very different. Yes, exactly. Different words. So that's also fascinating to me. It's a, all part of history. We've got a ton more fascinating stuff coming your way on the Moments in History podcast. We're online at mylocalradio.com or any place that you get your podcasts. Val, thank you so much as always. I just want to tell anybody, if you want to look up old newspapers, it is as easy as going to your computer and typing in old newspapers. And let Google do the work because they are everywhere on the Internet and they're they're all fun. Yeah, even the ones outside of Western history, as much as we love Western history yeah. right here on the Moments yeah. in History podcast. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you next time.